Welcome back to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. I'm Adam Minahan, and I cannot believe that Advent is almost already upon us. This year has absolutely flown by. Yes, and it is a, a statement that we say every year, isn't it? Right, yeah. Yeah, time just... Well, unless you're a young kid. Right. Young kids, the time seems to slow, be way slower. Couldn't wait. Uh, we knew right where my mother hid the gifts, but we all pretended that we didn't know because Santa was getting the gifts, and so we didn't want to know. Right. Um, yes, Advent will be here soon. In a, in a couple of ways, it's a favorite season for many people. It certainly right. is one for me. Uh, one of the things that I love about Advent, this is going to seem odd unless you're a person who does pray the Liturgy of the Hours every day with the four-volume set of the breviary. Um, priests and religious pray this prayer that's called the Liturgy of the Hours. Mm -hmm. uh, in short, it's called the breviary. You'll sometimes hear it called the Divine Office. It's a set of prayers uh, built around the Psalms. Uh, there are seven times throughout the day when the Liturgy of the Hours might be prayed. Priests and religious, or at least diocesan priests, typically pray morning prayer, evening prayer, some part of the daytime hours, uh, Compline, and the Office of Vigils early in the morning. And... Uh, when we get to Advent, it's a very short season, four-week season. And so the volume that covers the Liturgy of the Hours for Advent is a little thin blue volume, thin compared to the other volumes. That's some nice thunder we have today. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a little thin blue volume, and I just like that thin blue volume. The other thing that's nice about it is that volume contains the introduction to the Liturgy of the Hours, the four-volume set, and explains all the rubrics and the history and the spiritual reasoning of praying the office. And so it's fun to read that again each year and just sort of renew what we're doing. Uh, the other thing I love about the season is the time of year. It gets darker uh, mm -hmm. sooner, and so I love to be up early in the morning with beautiful stars shining in the sky uh, time to be quiet and prayerful and, and uh, reading things. And uh, Advent is a season that has that built into it. That's right. Uh, one of the things that Bishop Barron did recently with Word on Fire, so for those who may have not uh, been reading the Liturgy of the Hours, never have done it before, mm -hmm. uh, but may be interested in like reading these beautiful prayers that the church has given us, mm -hmm. uh, he, he provided he, a monthly subscription to the Liturgy of the Hours where he sends uh, a book, uh, every every month, and instead of you know, because sometimes liturgy of the hours is a little intimidating, right? Because right. you get you got to have the, all the ribbons, and you don't know where to flip and when to flip back, and and where to go. Well, he's they've laid it out to where uh, they send you basically a booklet um, mm -hmm. every month, and you don't have to flip anywhere, you don't have to know anything else. It it, it lays it out perfect for you. Now it has morning prayer, uh, a, a afternoon prayer, and then evening prayer, right? Uh, or morning. Evening night prayer is what it has. Okay. okay. Um, and so uh, I've been doing that and, and just starting with the morning prayer and and trying to pray evening prayer with, with my wife. And it's been really nice because you're you're um, tapping into mm -hmm. these beautiful liturgical prayers right. that uh, priests and laity have been praying for for thousands of years. Right. You know. And so it's just one of the beautiful things that the church gives us. Well, and in another easy way, especially for lay folk 
to get into praying it is with the Magnificat. That's right. Because the Magnificat right. gives a shortened version of morning prayer and evening prayer for each day along with the Mass and reflections on those readings and so forth. So that's an easy way to get into understanding what is this Liturgy of the Hours business. Right. Um, but as we, so as we go into Advent, one of the things that, you know, my family always, you know, we, we start out with is obviously the Advent wreath. Uh-huh. Right. This is the this is a great way to to you know to let your kids know that we're entering it. We're preparing for a new season. Where we're entering into a new new liturgical season, preparing for uh, preparing for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we set our our wreath at our dinner table, and we have candles. Anytime that you have little kids, I have found that if you can incorporate. Fire, Fire. Uh, it is a big hit, right? It is something that they're into, you know? Right. And so uh, we're able to, everybody gets one chance to light the candle for the right. week. And um, so that's a, that's a good tra- tradition that I think the church has given us to be able to participate in Advent in our domestic church. Right. And, and, and it's exemplary of a, a common, what? A common feature of the Advent wreath as a sacramental. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that it is an easy activity, a prayerful activity, that even little children can do. And so we're talking a lot often about things that parents can do as the pastors of their domestic church with their congregation, with their mm-hmm. children. Right. Um, and so finding these kinds of things, you don't have to, you can invent your own even. Right. But, no. uh, but finding these kinds of things uh, that give the children a way to participate in a way that they can and that they can understand uh, helps them to get into. Then when they go to Mass during Advent and see that the church also has one of these right. Advent wreaths, yeah. hey, that's cool. Uh, in my own family, Mom had a, a wonderful little tradition that I think she invented. I'm sure someone she saw it somewhere. Uh, she had a little wooden manger. It had little interlocking legs. Mm-hmm. And she would put this little uh, manger up on the television in the living room <laughs> during Advent. And next to it, a basket of straw. And the idea was that during Advent, we as the children, if we did a good deed, we could put a piece of straw in the manger, and hopefully we would do enough good deeds that poor baby Jesus wouldn't be laying on bare wood by <laughs> Christmas. Great idea. By Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure none of us cheated and put in three <laughs> strands of straw. But we did manage every year. Now, there were 12 kids working on it. Right. Uh, we did manage every year to get that manger filled up so Jesus had a nice soft bed. But that's, a again, look at the, the central feature of something like that. It's easy to understand. It's something that's easy to put together. The parents don't have to work hard to make it happen. Right. And then the kids take control of it. That's right. Uh, what are the other things? I see these um, these uh, little things where you have windows that open. Oh, yeah, little Advent calendars. Advent calendars. Because uh-huh. you have all these wonderful feast days during Advent. That's right. Saints feast days and so forth. Yeah, uh, anytime, anytime you can... Uh, reinforce what they see at mass in the home mm-hmm. right you know this is this is like taking what we do at mass and we're bringing it into our home the liturgy is forming us mm-hmm. you know as a family and they can, it, what they see at mass is they see at home and it reinforces that thought mm-hmm. I, I feel like that that's a win and particularly if the parents 
I mean, parents don't have to be theologians. No. But if the parents have a sense of self-direction... Case, case in point. <laughs> they didn't give me a theologian card once I became a parent or anything. They just handed me the baby and said, good luck. No instructions? <laughs> no instructions. I think they have a... It's online. <laughs> yeah, it must be online. The direction book is online. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> Parents don't have to be theologians, but to be self-directed. In other words... If it's clear to the children that mom and dad both believe this stuff and would do it even if the kids weren't there, right. that, that this is real to them, right. then it will be real to the, the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but if mom and dad don't display that, then the kids are left wondering. Right. Um, now, the thing about Advent, though, is that it coincides with, for retailers, a critical time in the life of these businesses that we all depend on uh, that supply of food and, and clothes and all the things that we buy. And so without uh, attributing some kind of a mass conspiracy out there to turn us all into consumers, it is nonetheless true that families buy additional gifts and presents and things mm -hmm. at Christmas time, which is Advent time for us. And uh, typically, people put on additional dinners or parties or things, and we all have some friends, and our parishes do these things and all the rest. And so if we're not intentional about it, Advent can become a really stressful That's right. uh, yeah. time because every night of the week is filled with some activity, somebody's party or this or that. Office parties. you know. Office things, parties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to go shopping, we got to get that done, and all these things. So it, it is incumbent on us to, at the beginning, so Advent begins, you know, at the end of November, uh, it would be good for parents to sit down and talk about how do we want to live Advent in our family this year? What do we want to do? What nights do we want to carve out and hold this special just for us at the home? Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have things that we need to attend because, you know, the office party or the boss's dinner or these kinds of things. But we also want to make sure that we have time to rest, to reflect on the season that we're entering and going through. It's four short Sundays. Mm -hmm. it, it goes by awfully fast. Uh, and so we don't want to be overtaken by the consumer uh, melee that's mm -hmm. happening all around us. And, and this is not really even so much a critique of that melee as it is a recognition that even as our uh, retailers are putting up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are. Yeah. Yeah. Even as that kind of thing ha is happening, in some ways it's happening to serve us because we do also need to get a, a gift for our aunts and uncles and a gift for the children and the nieces and the nephews and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, in my own family... We do a drawing after Thanksgiving among the 12 children, Okay, my brothers and sisters. We do a drawing, and it includes the in-laws. Ten of them are married. Eleven of them are married. Um, it includes the in-laws, and we do a drawing to see who's going to buy a gift for who else mm. so that... Every one of us is not trying to buy... Oh, everybody didn't go broke. Yeah, 30 <laughs> other gifts. Right. So each of us finds out who are we responsible to get a gift for... That's a good idea. ...out of that group of just us, 
and then parents, you know, buy gifts for their own uh, kids, and and it goes on like that. So those kinds of things can be worked out so that it doesn't become such a heavy season in terms of distractions. That's right. Now I've heard that Advent is also like a a penitential season. Like there's this, you know, if you get on the interwebs of Twitter and all the, you know, some people have hot takes on on whether or not we're supposed to be, um, you know, fasting during during uh, Advent or we're not supposed to be fasting during Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think if you put too much stuff in the eggnog, it's very penitential. <laughs> yeah. No, for everybody else or for you is the, is the question. <laughs> um, yeah, Advent is, is sometimes referred to as the Little Lent, both in terms of it's shorter and in terms of it is somewhat penitential, but it's penitential from a different perspective. Lent is penitential from our deep meditation on the passion of the Lord, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of the Lord. Advent is penitential from our reflection on the mystery of his incarnation, the incoming of the Christ into the world. So it's a, it's a type of penitential uh, theme that is more uh, looking at Jesus was not in the world, and then he was in the world. And so the world was fallen. The world was longing for a Savior. So there's some sadness in that. There's some um, difficulty in that. At the same time, heavily overladen by hope, because the Savior is promised and is coming. And then with the Christ event, the Savior is here. Now he is born for us. Emmanuel is with us. And so it's a penitential season in the sense that it's longing and hoping for, but it's hard to be very penitential because it's celebrating something so joyful and amazing. Uh, So... Just as we feel a tremendous joy at Easter, we're experiencing this tremendous joy at Christmas because now he's with us. And so I would say that people, for for myself, what I would advise people in terms of how is it penitential is just what I was saying, to make sure that we have time and space to reflect on these deep mysteries, the fact that Uh, For all the world's history, until 2,000 years ago, it was waiting for. Hmm. And now we live in the time, we have been blessed to live in this time, when the Savior is Emmanuel, God with us. So uh, to make sure that we have time in Advent to read the scriptures, for example, about Hmm. the birth of the Christ, uh, to reflect on the themes that the church gives us throughout the Advent season. If we're going to pray those psalms, to pray those beautiful psalms during Advent, uh, to pray for those saints, the the saints that we celebrate during the Advent season, to do all of that. And it's harder to do all of that if every single night is taken up by some different activity and we're, we become too busy. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're we're balancing our focus. Uh, We need to get some things done. There are some gifts and preparations that need to be made, but that shouldn't become the main focus of the season. That's right. And we have to be just intentional about it, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to set aside some goods in order to to live out the faith in the home. And they don't have to be hard, like you're saying. Like uh, One thing my wife does 
uh, really well is she'll, she'll lay out like a table runner of either purple for the first two and mm-hmm. then rose and mm-hmm. then come back to purple. So it's like it just the color coordination of everything that they see at mass mm-hmm. is reflected at home again. So uh, those little things that don't take a lot of effort, don't take a lot of things, but they it really reinstills, like I said, the the intentionality of mm-hmm. living ca- your Catholic faith in your home. All right. Yeah. So next week, you want to talk about the incarnation and sure. the importance of the incarnation? Sure, we can do that. The uh, the uh, what was called the scandal of the incarnation. I think that's uh, Irenaeus who wrote that. Yeah. Okay. So if you have any questions about the incarnation or the importance of Christ coming into this world, leave a comment below. You're listening to Tolls of Time with Bishop David A. Conville. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>